fun. Have a blast. We're going to continue on. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, if you have your Bibles, open them up to uh, John chapter 8. John chapter 8. And we're going to start off by looking at uh, verses 31 through 32. Got a good word for you today. Amen? Holy Ghost is moving. Wow. You know, sometimes the temptation is when, when the, the song service, the worship part, when it really gets flown, the temptation is, you know, we're just going to stay in worship the whole service, right? Hey, it could happen. So I just want you to know, we have, a, you know, a very loose order of service that, that I have, but well, I'm open to whatever the Holy Ghost wants. Amen? Amen. All right. So John chapter 8, uh, verse, verses 31 and 32, and it says this, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Amen. That's Jesus' words. Today, I want to talk about something that is so important. It dictates your whole life, the whole direction of your life. I want to talk about this, and this is the title of my message today, Correcting Your Belief System. Correcting Your Belief System. You see, many Christians are walking around, and, and they feel like there's, there's an in, uh, invisible leash. There's something like a cord holding them back in their life. You ever feel that way? Just something like you try to move forward in life, but man, it's like a rubber band and you snap on back. Amen? All right. Well, I want you to know that we have been called to freedom through Jesus Christ. And anything that tries to take away that freedom is from the enemy. And many times it's us opening the door to the enemy, right? He needs our permission to come in. Jesus said this. He said in John 10, 10, that Satan and evil spirits, the enemy, comes to steal, kill, and destroy your life. But Jesus, I like, I, I'm glad he didn't just leave it at that. Because Jesus went on to say, he said, but I have come that you would have life and have it more abundantly. Now, here's what you have to know about the spirit realm. Here's what you need to know about spiritual warfare as a believer. The enemy does not care if he gets an advantage over your life through, a, through something you did or something you didn't do. He, w- he just wants you to, uh, to open the door somehow. Through He doesn't care if you knowingly did something or unknowingly. See, this is where Christians get tripped up. This is why God said in the book of Hosea, He said, my people, not the world, He said, my people, believers, those who are in covenant with me. He said, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. A lack of knowledge of what? A lack of knowledge of the enemy's tactics in your life, right? A lack of knowledge of your benefits through the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, it doesn't matter. You can't can't go to the devil and say, well, devil, I didn't know that that belonged to me. That's not fair. Yeah, try telling that to an insurance company when there's a benefit in that thing that you didn't use for 20 years, but you've been paying the premium. Go to that insurance agency and say, hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute, insurance agency. I didn't know it was in there. So now you've got to go back 20 years and pay me back. They're going to say, forget you. 
It was in there the whole time. You didn't read it. Are you following me? It was your lack of knowledge that caused you to miss out on that blessing. And so for the enemy to get permission in our life as Christians, it first takes place here in your thought life. The battlefield is the mind. It takes place in your thought life. And you cannot separate your thought life from your belief system on the inside of you. See, like Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, the enemy must try to deceive you or try to work your way into his life, into your life through thoughts. He's attacking your thoughts constantly. He's trying to deceive you through words of other people that are deceiving. Now listen to this. This is a powerful, powerful passage. In Proverbs 23, verse 7, it says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You could just say, as a person thinks in their heart, so are they. Right? So this is powerful. In other words, your thought life, my thought life, determines the level of victory and freedom that we are going to walk in as Christians. It determines the quality and the direction of every area of our life. That's why the Word of God says that out of your heart flows the issues of life. See, your belief system, every person has a belief system on the inside of them. You believe something. You believe something. Even atheists believe something. Right? Oh, I don't believe in that there's a God. You believe something, though. See? Every person has a belief system. So if the thought life is so important, we need to know some important dynamics about the thought life. We need to know some important dynamics about the belief system on the inside of us. Because if that is out of order in our life, you are going to be out of the will of God. You are going to be on the enemy's territory. You are going to be getting attacked by the enemy in your life. So the belief system dictates how you view God, how you view your life, and how you view others. Your whole perspective is focused around that belief system on the inside of you. See, here's where it starts to get critical. If that belief system on the inside of you is built around anything else except for the Word of God, which is the will of God right here. This is your insurance policy. This is the new covenant right here. Everything that Jesus has done for us, it's all in the book. It's been here for a long time, right? That's why you can't claim ignorance to the enemy. Well, I didn't know that. It's been in the book the whole time, right? So that's, this is where it starts to get critical. There are some in this building right now, there's some listening online that have, have built their whole belief system around negative and painful experiences in your life, such as failures, regrets, abuse, a horrible childhood, a horrible relationship. I say it all the time with, with your parent, with one of your parents or both. See, uh, people who have burned you in the past, right? So, I mean, we all have been through these things. And unfortunately, if you're not alert about these things, if you're not spiritual enough to separate those things from, from who God really is and what his plan is for your life, those things become part of your belief system on the inside of you. Are you following me today? So, so what happens is after those painful experiences in our life, right, it becomes part of our, 
our belief system and strongholds begin to form in our thought life. A stronghold, man, it's, it's like a short in the system. A stronghold, it's like a blockage. It's like a blockage on the inside of you that hinders you in your life. It, it hinders you from moving forward past that thing. If you're in here today and you something terrible happened to you in your life and you're unable to move past that, whatever it is, you have what the Bible calls a stronghold. And it's and this stronghold is not out here. This stronghold is not even with the person that offended you. That stronghold is right here in your thought life. Because you holding on to bitterness, unforgiveness, offense. Again, it, you know what? That person who harmed you, who hurt you, whatever it is, they don't care. Guess what? They're living life right now and they're probably enjoying life right now. Right? We are the ones stuck. And that's what a stronghold is in your belief system. You're stuck. You can't move forward and pass this thing. Friend, this is where you need the Holy Spirit in your life to to give you that boost to move forward past that thing. You cannot do it on your own. I don't care. Not, Not even the most most uh, uh, secular counseling or whatever it is. Not even medication can push you past that thing. Why? Because what's going on on the inside of you is spiritual. It's spiritual. Say it's spiritual. You, you, can't, you can't resolve something spiritual with something natural. What you can do is mask it, though. Right? That's what medication really is, right? It's a, it's a numbing. And I'm not condemning anyone if you're on medication for anything as far as emotional. Maybe you need it for a time to get through that thing, right? But my point is that's not God's best. God's best is for you to let him in to that dark place of your heart belief system and shake you free from that stronghold in your, in your mind, in your thought life. Now, I'm talking to Christians right now. I'm not talking to the unbeliever. I'm talking to Christians, all right? Because an unbeliever, until they come and make Jesus Lord of their life, you know, there's, there's nothing that, there's nothing that God can even do for them. Are you following me here? Come on, somebody. Hey, I, here's that phrase. It's tight, but it's right. It's just the way it is. You need to come to Jesus if you want the benefits from Jesus. Amen? Now go with me to Romans chapter 2. I'm sorry, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Romans 12, verse 2 here. I want to show you something. I go here a lot. Oh, some people are like, oh man, you, you brought that up a couple sermons ago. Guess what? I'm going to continue bringing it up because we can't hear the word of God enough. And you know what I found out is there's been times where I read a, a verse 50 times, 50 times in one day. And guess what? On the 50th time, new revelation came to me. The 50th time. All right. So you can never hear the word of God enough. Romans 12, two, look at this. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, this verse warns us not to be conformed. That literally means this, pressed into the mold of the world. How many of you know the world is putting pressure on all of us to conform to them, right? Come on, you better get that shot. Come on, somebody, right? 
You better do this. You got to do that. You better do all this, right? They're trying to press you into that mold, trying to take your freedom away from you. Come on, somebody. Listen, if you want the shot, take the shot, but don't make me get it. Are you hearing me? Don't take my freedom away. This is America last I checked. Come on, saints. You got to rise up. Saints better get involved in this political process. Are you hearing me? All right. Now, so it warns us not to be conformed or pressed into the mold of the world, but be transformed by renewing your mind, your thought life, renewing your belief system on the inside of you. See, here's another thing. A lot of time we read that verse and we think, oh, okay, God's just given us a nice suggestion, right? No, 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 no. It says, do not be. I don't know if you know this or not, but that's a command. That's not a friendly suggestion from our Heavenly Father. That is a command. Do not be. Now, know this. Whenever God gives, gives a command, wherever you, you read in the Word of God, where, where there is a command from God, okay? Listen to me now. The, the, the reason God gives that command, because He knows that your flesh and human nature will always go in that direction. So you have to do something to counteract or fight against going in that direction. Are you following me? You see, a lot of people think, well, God, he's, uh, you know, his commands, man, they're just, he's just a control freak. No, 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 no. What he's saying is pay attention because there's going to be a, a temptation to go in that. See, I always say this, the flesh wins by default. If you don't get into the Word, you don't get into prayer, you don't make an on-purpose effort to follow God, guess what you're going to do? You're going to fall into that temptation. So that's why I, I, have, I, I preach a sermon before called On Purpose Christianity. Living a holy life, living a life for God does not happen by accident. You know, oh, well, I tripped into doing this obedient thing, right? No, 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 no. It's an on-purpose effort. I'm going to live for God. Amen. So he says, don't be conformed into the world. In other words, there's going to be a lot of pressure from this world system. And you know who the God of this world is? With a small g, Satan. It's talking about the world system that's trying to push on you. Come on, come on, you got to listen to this type of music. Come on, you got to do this, you got to do that. You it's, a, it's a pressure, Amen. So I, I just want you to be alert. If you see a command in the Bible, it's because God is looking out for us. He's saying, you're going to want to go in that direction, but fight it. Don't do it. All right? Um, everything negative that the enemy has tried to attack and tempt you with in your life has one common thread. He's trying to press you into, into a mold to affect, to negatively affect the belief system on the inside of you. He, the enemy is always trying to corrupt the belief system. If he can get in, because he, there's nothing that terrifies the enemy more than a believer, come on, who is, who is not afraid of the world, who has boldness, who knows the Word of God, who wields the sword of the Word of God. But if he can get in to that belief system and tweak it with something off, something not biblical, something from the world, he knows that it cuts off the power of God in your life. And that's what he's trying to do. All right? So 
He wants to create that distorted view of your heavenly father in your thought life because he knows the power of your thought life. There's a reason. You know, if you see the enemy fighting so hard on a certain thing in your life, chances are um, he knows something that you don't know about that thing. Are you following me? If the enemy has been coming against you so hard, there's something the enemy sees in the spirit realm around you. He's seeing God move. He's seeing the angels of God move in, around in your life. And there's a blessing getting ready to come in. So what the enemy, of course, right? The enemy, of course, has to come in and try to discourage you. The, the enemy, of course, has to come in and try to, he's got to try to distort this belief system to cut the enemy or cut, cut the, the Lord off from moving in your life. So my mission and goal, and in every leader in the body of Christ, our mission and goal is very simple, is to form biblical beliefs in your belief system. That's our goal. I remember uh, one of my teachers, instructors at Rainbow Bible Training Center, he came in and he said that, that one time. He goes, guys, girls, I have one, one job, one job here, to form Bible beliefs on the inside of you. That's it. Come on. Hey, and then, and then the next thing is we form them in you and then we strengthen them in you. And then the third thing, you want to know what he said? The third thing is this. Look for signs of abandonment of those things. That's, come on. That's what we as leaders do. We form beliefs, strengthen them. Then we kind of watch, okay, are they kind of abandoning this thing? Let's, let's, let's kind of reel them back in, Right? Come on, come on, let's fix this belief system on the inside of you. Because if you become who you think you are, according to Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinks, so is he. As a person thinks, so are they. That means that you will live according to who you think you are. Your belief system on the inside of you. That's the power of the thought life. That's why the enemy tries to fight it so hard. And if it doesn't line up with the Word of God, you are missing out on so much in your life and you will never fulfill the will of God for your life. You'll be like a, I like to say it this way, a train that's derailed. I don't know about you, but when I see a train, it moves nice and smooth when it's on that track, right? But the enemy wants to derail you. He wants to get you stuck strongholds by forming strongholds in your life. Second Peter, go to second Peter chapter one with me. I want to show you a verse here that is extremely powerful. In fact, this might be one of the most overlooked four verses in the word of God, to be honest with you. When I first read this years ago, after I got saved, the Holy Spirit threw some things out. It's like the words jumped off off the page to me. I'm like, wow, this is really powerful, right? Okay, so here we go. Second Peter chapter 1. Uh, if you're having trouble finding it, it's after First Peter. Uh, I like that joke, all right? All right, so <laughs> Second Peter 1, 1 through 4. Listen to this. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of God, of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, 
Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, and as his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which, uh, by which have been giving, uh, given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now, you see how fast I read through it, right? Most people just read through that fast. And it just sounds like, eh, the Apostle Paul is just kind of giving a salutation. Hey, guys, what's up? Grace, peace, and all No, 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 no. There's power packed in here. I want you to notice that, first of all, it says, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. Guys, you need to know our faith in the Word of God, our faith in Jesus Christ is precious. It's more precious than if someone laid a diamond this size up on here. You know what? That's world. That's worldly. But our faith in Christ is more precious than anything on this earth. Can you say amen? And because that faith in Je- because of that faith in Jesus, we are made righteous. We are white as snow. Like I said earlier, we are white as snow before our heavenly Father because of the shed blood of Jesus. So... Wherever you see the word faith, listen, wherever you see the word faith, it always has to do with our belief system on the inside of us. In fact, when you, when you read about faith in the word, I want belief system to pop up in your brain. You're going to remember that because I'm, I'm planting it in your spirit right now, right? So verse 2 carries on with the importance of our belief system and the advantages of knowing what the Word of God says. It literally says in verse 2 there that because of knowing the Word of God, having knowledge of it, allowing it to be a part of your belief system, it literally says this, that grace and peace in your life will be multiplied. How many of you in here need more grace and you need more peace? And if you think you don't, you don't know what true peace is and you don't know what grace is. Grace is unmerited favor. Favor that you didn't earn. I mean, who wouldn't want grace from the creator of all things? Who doesn't need peace on an earth that's trying to push you into a mold? Come on, somebody. It literally says that knowing, having knowledge of it, that it will be multiplied. Not just added. I mean, you know, that would have been great if the word says that grace and peace, because of the knowledge you have, because, because of that knowledge, it, these, this grace and this peace, it's just going to be added into your life. Yeah? I mean, I'd be happy if it was just added. But no, no, no. God goes on to say, I'm going to multiply it in your life. There's a benefit of knowing some things. There's a benefit of planting the Word of God in your belief system. Have you ever seen someone and you're like, man, the favor of God is always on them. Things in their life, man, they are just flowing with God like never before. They have, they, you've got to know some things from the Word because you're going to have to fight for some of these things from the enemy. The enemy is not just going to let you walk in the blessing uncontested. Are you following me? He's not going to do it. We are in a wrestling match. Ephesians 6 talks about that. All right? So, it's not just added, but we serve a God that wants to multiply the blessings in our life and not just add them. Say, thank you, Lord, for wanting to multiply blessings in my life. 
Come on. But like I said, before that can happen, we need to do some things on our part to cooperate with him. And part of that process is the renewing of our mind. In other words, make sure that our belief system lines up with the word of God. Okay? Now, it says this in verses 3 and 4. Don't miss this. This is powerful. All right? It says that God's divine power has given to us as Christians some things. Oh, no. What's it say? All things. Look at this now. That the divine power of God has given to us Christians all things that pertain to life and godliness through the what? The knowledge of Him. The knowledge. Now look at this. He's given us all things. His power is in your life. He's given us all things that pertain to everything you're ever going to encounter in life and in the issue of godliness, living a holy life. Wow. We, I, I say this a lot, and I'm going to keep saying it until Jesus returns. But we as the body of Christ, we have been, we have been settling for, in living way too low on a human level uh, as the body of Christ. There is so much more. Our Heavenly Father has provided us with His divine power to overcome the things of this world. To live in the supernatural realm. Are you following me? He wants us to live in this supernatural realm. The problem is the body of Christ, man, listen, we have majored on the natural realm, right? We've majored on the natural realm while we ignore the spirit realm. Have you ever heard that saying? Even, even a worldly saying has crept into the church. Don't be so heavenly minded that you're not any earthly good. I say... I say, don't be so worldly minded that you're no spiritual good. You want to know why? Because you're a spirit being. Did you know that? You are three parts. You're a spirit. You have a spirit man. You have a soul, mind, will, and emotions. And you live in an earth suit, a physical body. You are first and foremost a spirit. In fact, when you take your last breath on this earth, your spirit man is leaving the building, your body. You're a spiritual being. So every time I hear that phrase, don't be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good, I just kind of shake my head and kind of walk away. Like, really? No, the fact is we need to be so spiritual good and so we can walk in the supernatural power of God on this earth right now. Come on. We've been settling way too low. The Word of God says that we sit with Christ in heavenly places. In other words, the power that He has gained when He walked this earth, the power that He walked in, guess what? We sit with Him in that authority. We can walk in that same anointing and power on this earth because we're a part of His body. We are a part of His body. you got to get a, a revelation of that. And now... You got to know this, that faith begins where the will of God is known. You got to know some things from the word of God to have faith. That's why God said that my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge of the word of God. See, Uh, that's where the enemy can come in and deceive you and all that stuff. So to truly have faith, you need to have some knowledge of what your benefits are. Who are you in Christ? You need to know some things from the word of God. All right. So. The Word of God is the only foundation for our faith. Did you know that? Someone maybe who needs a healing in their body. If you don't know that Jesus provided for that and all the healing scriptures in here, guess what? You're going to want to be healed, 
But you don't have a foundation for that in your belief system. All it's going to be is, I hope I get healed. It's going to be a worldly hope. You understand what I'm saying? That's not faith. No, if you can, if you go in and you feed on the word of God, read all the healing scriptures. By the way, God healed people in the old covenant. Now, the new covenant, Jesus, this is the new and better covenant. So if God healed in the old, would the new and better covenant get rid of healing? Absolutely not. It solidifies it through Christ. Amen? See, God is able to provide everything we need in this life and to give us the power to live godly, to live a holy life, to overcome every sin and temptation in your life. So to do that, you need to let go of everything in the belief system that says, I can't do it. Now, here, are you ready for this? Here, here's a confession that a lot of people walk in. As a man thinks, so is he. Well, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. You ever hear that before? I'm just a sinner saved by grace. No, the correct thing is you were a sinner. You're saved by grace. Now you're a saint through Jesus Christ. See, if you're going to view yourself, I'm just a sinner, then you're going to, as a man thinks, so is he, you're going to go down that path. If you see yourself, nope, I'm a child of God, I am a saint, I am an overcomer, you're going to go down that path. Do you see how important your thought life, how your belief system is on the inside of you? You're going to go in that direction. Now, it's interesting that in that verse in 2 Peter, that God ties in the knowledge of him, knowing who he is through his word, in our belief system, he ties that in with our actions. Say actions. Keep this in mind. Our belief system dictates, it determines our actions. What you believe on the inside, that's the way you're going to go in life. You believe you're a loser, you're going to go on that path. You believe you're a failure, you're going to go on that path. See, now, if you didn't listen to the message, was it last week or the week before where I talked about um, breaking free from witchcraft, about anybody ever controlling you, having a spirit of control in your life, that's where you've got to break free from this thing and you've got to fill yourself with the Word. Amen? Because that's how the enemy gets in, into your thought life. And you're going to go into that path. I, I seen a... Uh, a meme on Facebook. It was a horse that was tied to, he had a, like a leash tied to a, uh, a very light plastic chair. And the horse was just standing there like he couldn't move. All, all the dumb thing has to do is move and drag it and he can go wherever he wants. Are you following me? But in his mind, he saw the leash that he was tied to this chair and he's just standing there like he's in bondage, can't move. That's what's going on. That's, that's the deception the enemy wants to give us. All right? That, but if you'll find out that stronghold in your life, you're tied to a plastic chair. And you can, you can unhook yourself and throw that thing off, and you can run free in the name of Jesus. Are you hearing me, somebody? See, it's all a mind game. It's a deception game from Satan and evil spirits. That's all it is. All right? So, like I said, if you think you're a failure, if you think you're a loser, yep, that's the direction you're going to go. See, if you think you can win, if you think you're going to lose, guess what? You're both right. Right? (laughs) I'm telling you, the power of the thought life is amazing, and that's why the enemy fights it so hard. Uh, 
you know, it's, it's a spiritual law. It can go in the positive direction. It can go in the negative. Go with me to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, I want to take a look at here. Man, the thought life is powerful. You've got to, that's why, man, if you can just, even, even 15, 30 minutes a day, all right, whatever, just get in the Word, read something. Read, and my recommendation is read, read through the New Testament, the New Testaments, stick in the New, all right? Here, I heard it said this way before. We live in the New Testament and visit the Old Testament often. Are you following me? See, if you're going to sit down and try to read Leviticus and, and, and all that, you're going to be bored. <laughs> if that's what you're going to start with, you're going to say, man, this is... Matthew to Revelation, the New Testament. If you're going to, if you're going to read 15, 30 minutes a day, stay in the New Testament. Are you hearing me? Because we are under the New Covenant. Now, the Old Testament points to Christ. It's a shadow of that which is to come. And there's some great things in the Old Testament. I'm not cutting that down at all. But what I'm saying is, we live in the New Covenant, visit the Old often. Are you hearing me? All right. So, Joshua 1.8. Here we go. And it says this. This book of the law, the Word of God, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Did you notice the progression of that verse? I love that verse. I want you to notice that filling your heart with the Word of God by meditating on it will cause you to become a doer of the Word. All right, And because of having a proper belief system and obeying the Word, it says when you start to fill yourself with the Word, you start to do the Word. Do you notice the last thing it said? Then you will have good success. Man, if we could just get a revelation of that. Fill yourself with the Word. Do, be a doer of the Word. Good success will come. You can never go wrong obeying the Word of God. All right? Even when everyone's saying, don't do it. No, you stick with the principles in the Word of God. Amen? See, meditating on the Word of God means that you are pondering and thinking about it so much in your thought life that it overflows out of your mouth. You start to speak in line with the Word of God. Now, listen to this. Um, If you're not speaking in line with the Word of God yet, you're not full of it yet. Oh, let me say, oh my, this is good. Listen. If you're not speaking in line with the Word of God yet, you're not full of the Word of God yet on the inside. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So, you know, we can, you know, you can locate where a person is at by just listening to them talk for a a few minutes, right? What's in their heart? You can listen to them talk for a few minutes. What's in their heart? Um, So you you can locate a person by the words that they speak because... Hey, the abundance of the heart. The mouth speaks, all right? Now go with me to Proverbs 4. Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs 4, 20 through 24. I'm telling you, we need, all of us, we need to make sure, we need to make the needed corrections in our belief system on the inside of us, all right? 
Look at Proverbs 4, 20 through 24. This is a powerful passage as well. It all is. Let's just face it. This book, this was not written by man. This is straight from our creator to us, from heaven. Amen? Look at this. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your belief system or heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all of their flesh. Some, all of their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. Now, I want you to, no- to notice the instructions that are given here. See, a lot of these things that we go through in life, all these, these, temp- these trials and all of these things in our life, it's, it's because we're not following the instructions in the book. Now, look at this. Number one, it tells us to give attention to the Word of God. In other words, remove every distraction in your life that's keeping the Word of God out. All right? Get rid of the distraction. Give attention to the Word of God. Number two, it says incline your ear to the Word. In other words, focus. Pay attention. Again, you see how all this ties in? Get rid of the distractions and focus on me, he's saying. On him, on the Word. And keep the Word in the midst of your heart. So anything that would be an idol in your life, an idol is anything that you would make more important than the Lord in your life. We need to get rid of that thing. We need to dethrone that thing and put the Lord at the top in our heart. Amen? And those words are life. I love that. Those words are life to those who find them. Jesus said, seek and you will find. Guess what? In order to find, you need to seek. You need to put an effort in your walk with God. Again, the Christian life just, it just doesn't happen by accident. It's on purpose. Say, say it's on purpose. See, God tells us to make an honest, heartfelt effort and he will reveal that which you are seeking because he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Guys, he is. I'm telling you right now, he is a rewarder of those who diligently, those who not just just once in a while, but those who say, you know what? I'm going to put my house in order. I'm going to, we're going to, this house, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord, right? We're going to make some changes in our family. We're going to make some changes. I'm going to make some changes in my life personally. And we're going to put the Lord as the priority. See, it's when you make that kind of an effort. Listen, here it is. When you get serious about God, he'll get serious with you. Come on, somebody. I mean, that's when he starts to move. I mean, he loves you, obviously, right? He's always trying to nudge you and do the right thing. He's serious about What I mean is that he will come into your life and he will just blow your natural mind with favor. If you will today make him the priority in your life, the priority in your family, and do things to please him, man, I don't know about you, but I want to be on the creator's side. I don't want to be on the wrong side. Amen? The word of God is health to all of our flesh. Keeping the word of God in your heart 
is healthy for our flesh even. Isn't that powerful? It, it, it literally is saying that if you will live according to my precepts, if you will live according to your word, if your belief system is in line with what I desire in my word, he says that it will drive out, it will keep out sickness and disease in your life. Now, I know that's a bold statement, but you know what? I didn't say it. He did. Amen? It's health to all of our flesh. You know, honestly, the perfect will of God is that sickness and disease don't even touch us. But he's made provision that if it does, say if it does, there's provision in the word for healing. Amen? All right. But you need to take your spiritual medicine. All right. We're we're so faithful at taking our, our natural medication, right? Oh, can't miss it. Right on the dot, right? but we don't want to take our spiritual medicine by reading the word. Are you following me? And, you know, just like when you take a pill in the natural, you got to put it in your mouth and it goes inside of you. Well, you need to read and feed on the word of God. You need to get it in your heart. See, your heart is like the stomach for the spiritual medicine. It's got to get in. Once it gets in your heart, it starts to branch off into every part of your life. That's why Jesus said this, I'm going to give you my perfect peace. Because when you put the medication on the inside of you, it's going to go up into your thought life as well. Amen? All right. So take your spiritual medicine. Amen? And it does, and here's the thing, it has no bad side effects. Right? Don't, you got to love some of these medication commercials, right? Hey, oh man, I got a cough. <laughs> take this medicine, but man, my elbow's sore now, right? Listen, it's like in the, in, with worldly medication, there's a trade-off, Right? Oh, my elbow feels better, but I've been puking all night. Are you following me? There's, with God, there's no trade-off. There's no harmful symptoms. Man, get the Word in you. Get the Word of God in you. Amen? Now, it talks about deceitful and perverse communication. That's anything that doesn't line up with the Word of God. The Word of God talks about don't let corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. And and that's anything. I mean, come on. I don't need to be up here and tell you what corrupt communication is, right? We're all adults. We know what corrupt communication is, right? Oh, come on. I remember. And I remember in my former days, I mean, does Eddie Murphy or Richard Pryor mean anything to you guys? Yeah, right, right, right. We know this. Come on. We all have a past, right? We know what corrupt communication is, but I want to take it a step further. Corrupt communication is anything, a negative confession, speaking anything that's not in line with the Word of God as well. Don't let it come out of your mouth. Don't give, I oh, ooh, don't give the devil a bat to beat you with. Oh, come on. Don't give the devil a bat to beat you with. Go to Psalm 103. Psalm 103, you getting anything out of this? Praise God. Now, Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5. I'm plowing through here, almost done. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. Guys, this is the Old Testament. Are you kidding me? And we, and we want to question if God's willing to heal in the new? Come on. Verse 4. Who redeems your life from destruction. 
who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Powerful, isn't it? Now, listen to this. It starts off with the bless the Lord because of the many benefits. In fact, the psalmist here is saying, my soul is blessing you, God, because there's so many benefits that you offer us. That is the reason for your blessing. This psalmist got a revelation of all the wonderful things that God wants to do in our life. Amen? And he said, my soul can't help but bless you. When you have knowledge of those benefits in your belief system, you can't help but bless or praise and worship your Heavenly Father. Your knowledge, listen to this. Oh, this is getting good here. Your knowledge of the Word of God will cause you to praise and worship. And here, the Holy Spirit showed me this. You ready for this? Here we go. Your lack of praise and worship to God reveals one of two things. You only have had head knowledge of Him and not a heart knowledge, or you have no knowledge of at all. Oh, come on now. Whoa. You ever, you know what I'm saying? People who have no knowledge of the goodness, they don't have a revelation of how good he is in all of these benefits. Oh, what's the reason in praising and worshiping God? But man, once you get a revelation of it, man, the psalmist said you won't help. You cannot help but praise and bless him. Amen. He's so good to us. He's so good to us. My goodness. I, let me just real quick. Uh, let me say that again. Our lack of praise and worship to God reveals one of two things. You only have a head knowledge and not a heart knowledge of him or no knowledge of, at all. It hasn't become a reality on the inside of that person. And when it truly does become that reality and revelation, you will desire to praise and worship him. Amen. Now, the word of God tells us not to forget all of his benefits. In other words, there's more than one. You know, many people just think, well, he just took our sins away and that's it. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't forget all of his benefits. When you have time, maybe this afternoon or whatever, tonight before bed, read Psalm 103 that talks about all these benefits and what the psalmist is praising God for. I mean, it is powerful. The moment, in fact, the moment that we forget all of his benefits, who he is in our life, the, that's the very moment we start to backslide away from him. Have you ever backslid before? Am I talking to anyone breathing in this sanctuary today? We've all backslid from God, haven't we? Come on. You, we, you know, we, we have all backslid from God. And and here, there is a common thread when you start to fall away from God. Are you ready? You forget all of his benefits. You forget who he really is. Because if you kept that, that's why the word of God says, keep my words in front of your eyes. Don't let them depart from you. Why? Because there's so much temptation to press you into the mold of the world. Man, there's temptation out there, isn't there? Anybody breathing in here today? That is the common thread in all backsliders. They neglect reading and hearing the the word. They don't maintain their belief system in their heart. And the world comes in. The enemy comes in, right? Man, I've seen this so many times, people. My goodness. I've seen people who have been in ministry, full-time ministry, and they end up doing something. They do something. You know, uh, an opportunity comes up where they can make more money 
and it lures them away. All their attention that once they once had on the ministry, advancing the kingdom of God, it's draw, it drew them away. Why? Because instead of keeping the word in front of them, the enemy got them to turn this way and look at the worldly things. Guys, I'm telling you right now, I've never seen a U-Haul follow a hearst to the cemetery. You're not going to take it with you. You're not, you're not going to take it with you. Guys, we need to get our heads screwed on straight here. There's one thing that matters in this life, and it's your relationship with God. Go with me to James chapter 1, verse 22. Forget not all of his benefits. Don't forget who you are in Christ. I want to show you, there. this is a powerful message, uh, passage right here. Uh, James chapter 1, verses 22 through 25. Mm-mm-mm. James 1, chapter 1, verses 22 through 25. And it says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer of it, he is like a man observing his face, his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself goes away and immediately forgets what kind of a man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty continues in it and is not forget, a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. Now look at this. The word of God, it says right here, the word of God is a mirror. Say mirror. As you read and feed on the Word of God, it reveals who you are in Christ. But it says when you walk away from keeping the Word of God at the forefront of your thought life, you will fall away or backslide from Christ. Are you seeing this? Now listen to this. Keep the mirror of the Word before you you at all times in your thoughts. Here's what the Holy Spirit showed me. This is powerful. It reveals, when you keep the Word in front of you, here's what it does. It reveals our the things in our life that need to change. You, I don't know if you know this or not, but Jesus is our only standard. Stop comparing yourself to other people. Oh, such and such is more, uh, you know, they're doing better things in the natural than me. Stop it! Stop comparing yourself. There's only one person you're comparing yourself to, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. He's our example. Amen? Stop comparing yourself. It's a lie from the pits of hell. Here we go. So it re- the Word of God, the mirror, reveals areas of our life that we need to change. Just like looking, here's what the Holy Spirit showed me, just like looking in a natural mirror, it shows us what we look like in the natural When you have the Word of God and you're getting into the Word of God and it's saying what we should do and what we shouldn't do, it reveals how we look in the spirit realm. It's a mirror. Say the Word is a mirror. See, this is why many of people who are backslidden, they don't want to get into the Word or they don't want to come to church because they don't want to be confronted with how they look in the spiritual. Are you you seeing me? But here's what you got to know. Coming to church, reading the Word of God. Nobody is trying to condemn a person. We're trying to help you and, and, and take you and pick you up and put you back on that railroad track in your life. No one's here trying to throw stones because, listen to me, there's not one perfect person in this place right now. You understand that, right? 
Anybody breathing in here today? All right. So, you know, that's why people who are backslidden, they lose that hunger and desire for the word because their own spirit condemns or or convicts them, right? Their own spirit. They they know that something isn't right in their life. So they they don't want to be confronted with the truth. So that's why, man, when you get people into an atmosphere where the Holy Spirit fills a place, that's when lives are changed. Are you following me? When you're in here with the presence of God and you feel the love of God, you feel the love of people around, and you're hearing the word come through, that's when hearts are changed on the inside. That's when belief systems are changed. Amen? So the Word of God is not meant to condemn, but rather pull you out of your mess. I'm on my last page right now. The belief system on the inside of you can be a blessing or a curse in your life. I want to end by just talking about this one account in the Word of God. In the book of Numbers, chapters 13 through 14, God told Moses to send 12 spies into the land of Canaan, the promised land, right? To check out the land that God was giving to them. All right. So out of the 12 spies, 10 of them came back with an evil report, a report of discouragement, of defeat and saying, guys, we can't take that land because there's giants. I've seen giants in that land. We can't overcome them. Right. Those 10 spies came back with that. And, and, but you know what? God still promised it. Here's what I want to tell you. God has promises for you, and you've taken a peek over there, and you said, I can't take that because there's giants over there. Let me tell you something. If God made a promise to you, He's going to give it to you. But you still might have to go in and slay some giants in the name of Jesus. There were still giants. God promised it, but there's still giants that they needed to defeat. Now this report, when the ten negative reports came back, the children of Israel got extremely depressed. And they even said this, they were wishing they were back in Egypt as slaves. Are you following me? They said, oh, so, the, so you can see how a negative, how negative words, a negative report can affect some people. It made the children of, of Israel say, no, no, okay, this is ridiculous. Now fear is upon me, right? See, their belief system was off. Fear's upon me now, and I wish I could just go back and be a slave to Pharaoh in Egypt. Wow, isn't that something? God set them free through Moses, but now they're wishing they were back just by 10 people coming back and saying, we can't take that. You better be careful who you're listening to in your life. Are you following me? You better be careful who you're opening your ear gate to in your life. If someone comes to you, if God's made you a promise, you hold fast to that promise. And don't, don't share it with the people that you know that are not going to receive it. Are you hearing me? But there were two spies out of the 12 that came back, Joshua and Caleb. And they said this, what are you guys talking about? We can take that land. Why? Because their belief system was based on God and not the natural realm. Come on, somebody. Now listen very closely to me. Here's what I want to show you. This is key right now. All 12 of those spies, they all saw the same exact thing. Joshua and Caleb seen seen the giants. They all saw the same thing. But do you see the belief system, how it altered the perspective of what they saw? 
Friend, there's things going on in your life right now. You think you're being overcome by this thing. You think that there's no hope. I'm telling you right now, you better get God's perspective on it and not your natural perspective. Because if God promised it, you can take that land in the name of Jesus. They, I, think about that. They all saw the same thing. But there were different reports, two different reports. The belief system on the 10 negative spies, it blurred their spiritual vision and perception. It blurred their perspective on that. They had an, here, you ready for this? They had an out of control thought life and imagination. I guarantee you, here's the deal. Joshua and Caleb who said, we can take this land. I guarantee you in their imagination realm, they pictured themselves defeating those giants. And the the ten, in their imagination, they pictured being overcome. What are you seeing in your spirit this morning for your life? What are you picturing? What's going on in your imagination? Do you see yourself rising up and being everything that God wants you to be? Or are you seeing yourself being overtaken? All right? Again, this was something that God promised them. I mean, the, the children of Israel wanting to go back into Egypt. This is crazy. They've seen a sea open up apart and walk through. They've seen mighty miracles that God did. But ten people come back with an evil report, and now, eh, let's go back and be slaves. Come on. Friends, listen. If you're a Christian, do not go back into the trash of the world. You keep moving forward. God has some great things in store for you. Amen? All right, our entire life, that's how I want to end it right here. Our entire life, the direction of our life is dictated by our belief system. Let's make sure it's in line with the Word of God. Let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I want to read just one verse while you're standing here that deals with the belief system. And it's powerful. And I want this to get deep into your spirit this morning. Philippians 4, 8, and it says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are, are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue in that thing, anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Meditate on those things. Guys, we need to change our thought life. Amen? Get into the Word. Now, maybe there's someone in this place you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. You're maybe one of those, and you just haven't made Jesus Lord of your life, and today you're like, you know what? That sounds pretty good. I want to get into this new covenant. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, I want you to meet me at the side here after service. I want to pray with you. Maybe there's someone in here. You made Jesus Lord of your life, but it's been a long time. Long time. In fact, you don't know, even know if you died right now, you would even go to heaven. If you want to rededicate your life, I want you to meet me over here. Now, maybe there's someone in here, you've, you've made Jesus Lord of your life, but you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism. Well, it's pretty important. Jesus said, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you to be witnesses for him. And you know what? The Holy Spirit baptism, not only just to be a witness for him, it gives you power in your own life to overcome these things that I was talking about. If you want to receive the Holy Spirit baptism, meet me over here. I want to pray with you. Maybe you need a physical healing, emotional healing. You need a miracle in your life. You just need prayer for something, anything else. I'm going to stay after service and I want to pray with you. All right. So, oh, hallelujah. Father God, thank you for this day. Lord, I pray right now that your presence would go with every person in this place, Lord.
I pray that you would encamp them and their children and every part of their lives with your holy angels, that you would keep them, that you would give them a blessed week and that your peace would be upon them. And Lord, every word that was spoken today, Lord, let it be engrafted. That which, which that person needed to get, a piece of the puzzle today that was lacking in their spirit. Lord, I pray right now that that would be engrafted in their heart, Lord, and you would minister to them through this week. And everyone said, amen. Amen. All right. Praise God. Welcome to the visitors. Thanks for coming. Come on back. We're family. Hey, Tuesday night, 7 p.m., our prayer conference call. Wednesday night, 7 to 8 prayer. If you need me, you know where to find me. I love you all. Thanks so much for coming today.